Welcome to Childhood Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Welcome back to Child Care Conversations with Kate and Carrie, and we are so glad that you are joining us today. We are going to talk about, well, kind of one of my favorite things and basically one of the oldest methods of paying for something, and that is to barter. So we actually had a director reach out to us this week and was trying to figure out how to help out a family that was kind of in a financial situation. And this has been something that's happened to both Carrie and I um, over the last 30 years, um, more than once, where you've got a family that you don't really want to let go. So, um, so um, Carrie, I'll describe the story a little bit. It also happens when you're short on cash and you need to get something done at your school. So it happens both ways. That that is Uh, true. So what happened was um, the school announced their annual tuition hike. And one of the parents went, whoa, I did not budget for that. I budgeted for the old amount. And I don't know if that's going to work for me, but I am a contractor can we barter some or all of the tuition or the tuition increase by me doing stuff for the school? And the director was like, I don't even know if that's legal. <laughs> um, and reached out. I, mean, I don't think that's what she said to the parents. I think she said, let me take it to the board or some similar um, comment and sent an email out to me. And I, you know, typed for, you know, answered every single question. Um, but let's let's address that first one. Is it legal to take services in exchange for childcare? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it is, it's a method of payment. So, you know, I mean, no, there is, are, you know, there are lawyers that? back in the day used to take chickens and eggs, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. But so is she going to have to give a 1099 <laughs> to that um, contractor, if she does this swap, should she? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's, there's my, there's my uh, politically correct accountant answer. Yeah. So sh- that parent would not get a childcare receipt that they could use for the childcare earned income tax credit. I think I'm calling it wrong, but you know, the credit that they get in their taxes for paying for childcare, instead they would get a 1099. But she would also um, not take it as revenue in, she would take it as an expense. So again, it's kind of one of those, um, you just, as long as you're doing it above board, absolutely, right? So um, so this is something that in this situation, this was a contractor, right? So this was somebody who couldn't deal with the um, increase in the upcoming increase in tuition, who asked to potentially do everything. So the other option was to maybe only do part of it, right? So maybe there was one project. So if there was a project, um, and if you're in Texas, a few weeks ago, we had an ice storm. And so one thing might have been repair a fence, right? So that could have been cut down um, trees, chip trees, you know, any all of, those- of the above. <laughs> so that could have been a very easy, okay, we're going to do the in- the increase, 
this way. And that would have been a very clear, here's the service, here's the payment. And he would have gotten a credit um, on his payment. Um, and this is where it would have had to have been very, very clear to the parents that that credit is basically a 12-month-out, drawn-out credit. It's not an upfront for the next three months or the next two months, whatever the arrangement and the agreement is. But again, you need to make sure, uh, CYA, write everything out, make it very, very clear, painfully clear, um, and in such, pay your invoice to him again every month. Don't necessarily set it up as one big lump sum where you're carrying a $3,000 credit and he sees a $3,000 credit. Okay, so here's another question. What if she doesn't need any contractor work? Should she come up with projects? Well, so this is where, uh, okay, so this is me and, and and take it for what it is. So is my, my first question to you, is this a family that you enjoy having in your program? Do you like them? Um, are they an asset to your program? Are they a family that if they leave, others will follow? So if any of that kind of goes, like if they leave, five families are going to leave, come up with some projects. <laughs> if you like having them and they bring a smile to your face and the kids are pleasant or the kid is pleasant and the family is a, is a is gem to work with and you want to keep them, come up with projects. If they are like your living nightmare and nobody's going to leave if they leave and everybody's going to throw a party, bye-bye. <laughs> okay, well, so that's different than the advice I gave her. The advice I gave her was only barter for things you actually need. Um, and so I was like, if he can do the HVAC seasonal check, have him do that. If you need any rooms painted or walls replastered or electricity updated, or if you have any projects that are on your to-do list in the next two years, go ahead and, and do it. So I guess we have a little bit of a different approach on that because to me, it's like I only barter for things that were already on the list. <laughs> it doesn't have to be on the list for this year, but it needs to be in my two to three year list. Well, yeah. And again, I'm also thinking I wouldn't be doing it more than the increase. So, you know, I mean, I'm not talking, you know, and unless they've got five kids or something outrageous, if you're just talking the increase, you shouldn't be talking about having to totally remodel, you know, the building. Right. So, um, and again, you want it to be equitable. You want it to be fair, but you also don't want it to be something that's a hardship on anybody. But I do think that, it is a conversation that's more than just that family. Um, because if that's a family that leaves and is going to cost you because other people are going to leave, that's something that's worth con to, to consider. Um, but if yep. it's a family that's a headache, <laughs> you know, I, you couldn't pay me to keep them. I'm like, no, I don't care. I don't care if you're going to give me a deal. I mean, I know I'm not going to pay you. Um, that's the other thing. So the other thing to think about with um, bartering work, and I've had this happen when people have bartered things. If we're bartering, we're bartering everything. We're not bartering just the labor. Um, so if we're bartering, let's say $3,000, we're bartering out $3,000. That means that they have to cover the materials. It's not we're just going to cover $3,000 of, uh, of, of labor. Um, because you're still having to cover the, th the the labor and materials of the staff in your building. 
And so that is where sometimes that bartering gets a little hairy because that I have had laborers and contractors and handyman try to do they go oh well if you buy the supplies I'll do the work you know what no you buy the supplies you do the work I'll barter you fair market value now they don't get to double the price they don't get to triple the price it's whatever they would have charged a normal client yeah Um, that's why I like the HVAC because I do that twice a year I know how much that costs. So if I've got a client who is an HVAC tech, I will barter that anytime they're having a hard time financially. If I've got somebody who does lawn care, I will barter that. I know how much that costs. If it is, you know, anything that I already know what the cost is, it's much easier for me to rationalize bartering it because I know what the value is. If they're going to put in a splash pad for me, <laughs> I have no idea. So there's so today's price for that is. I've, so you, I've you brought up another good years. point. So you brought up another good point, which is another way to look at it. And I know we've both done this before with our employees. And sometimes we have employees who work second jobs, even third jobs, because a spouse loses a job or some unexpected expense has popped into their world. And they have asked for additional hours or something. So sometimes we're paying people to do things that, yes, we have staff or staff spouses or even their their high school, college age children who could do the work. And so we've hired them. So again, that can also be an option. So instead of a barter necessarily, you could hire them to do the work, pay them so that they can then turn around and pay you what they need to pay you. Yeah. So in reality, that is the, really the cleanest way to make that happen. So HVAC is a good example. Hey, you know, if I have you come out and do my HVAC, would that make a difference? Would you, would that cover the money you need for the I next just realized month? there might be people who don't know what HVAC is. Your heating yeah. and air conditioning system. Absolutely. Sorry, I was a contractor, Kate. No, anyway, <laughs> your heating and air conditioning checkup that you should be doing twice a year. Um, Absolutely. But, but let's use cleaning, right? So if you have somebody from the outside, you pay a company to come in and clean your program three or four times a week, or even, you know, twice a week, you know, if you pay an outside company, if that company is not a parent, and all of a sudden you find out that you have a parent who runs a cleaning company, and that, and that parent is having a hard time making their tuition instead of bartering actually do it a fee for service so you hire them but they still pay you right Um, and the reason for that is you still have an expectation that they're going to do a good job and they're going to still expect you to do a good job right you're still going to give a recommendation um, and and that is that is something both of those all of those are really tricky scenarios so if you're going to barter it's barter 100%. It's not barter, just labor. Um, and you give a receipt for the service and materials rendered. Um, and you take it off as an expense where it's supposed to be. And you give them a 1099 as it's supposed to be. Yeah. The, the first scenario Carrie suggested. Um, and the other thing I want to talk about is that you should then, once you've done this the first time, you need to create a standard operating procedure. 
please create an SOP. Because the other thing she was worried about is, well, what if all of my parents then want to trade out everything and I still have to pay my staff? And I was like, no, no, no. You create a standard operating (laughs) procedure and you say, if I have a need and there is a parent who is having financial difficulties that can meet that need, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to do the straight barter or we're going to do pay you, you pay me. Um, And I think that works really well. But you've got to have that standard operating procedure just because otherwise everybody can be like, well, I'm going to barter for, I'm going to make file folder games. And you're like, no, 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 no. There's no way you're going to make a month's worth of tuition number of file folder games for this month. Like there's no way... That's more than, that's like a full-time job (laughs) to make, you know, whatever, a thousand dollars worth of file folder games or flannel boards or things like that. It can't, you can do it if they're building a playscape. Yes, that can be a thousand dollars, no problem, but you've got to have a need for it (laughs) and then create the standard operating procedure this is what our contract is going to look like. This is how, when it the work has to be done, et cetera. Lay it all out in the SOP so that the next time a parent comes to you and is having a hard time financially, you can go, oh, look, I already made this decision. Take out the standard operating procedure and go from there. Okay, what if, so. No, I, I got another. What if okay. instead it's that you've got staff who have, kids who were somewhere else, or maybe they just acquired these children and they want to have their kids and they're like, just, just pay me only for half of my hours. Can, can we do that? Can we barter Mm -hmm. out half of their hours and pay them for half and the other half is them working off their childcare? Right. So that is exactly, you were reading my mind. That's exactly where I was going to go, which was the, um, the tuition discount. So, um, you brought it up a different way, which was the bartering out of tuition. And I was going to bring up the tuition discount, um, because I have a problem with the tuition discount. Um, I know it's a huge incentive for a lot of childcare centers to, to bring on employees, to keep employees, but, um, you know, what happens for those employees who are single, those employees who are older in life who don't plan on having more children or who have school-age children who or have high school-age children. So it is definitely something that you need to be very clear on and have a very clear standard operating procedure. Talk to your accountant on the best way that also needs to show up in your books because if you give any sort of discount, that should be showing up in their income It also needs to be showing up in your expenses. So um, if you sit there um, and you've got 10 kids of staff, 10 staff kids in your program at 50 cents a head at 50%, basically, right? Like they're all making, they're all paying about half price. Well, all of a sudden you can't figure out why your budgets aren't matching. Yeah. Cause you've just lost five grand in tuition every month. And that isn't going to work. So you have to be clear on how many half price kids can you take? Um, Is there a maximum number of uh, maximum discount per family or per um, just in overall? 
Okay, uh, I think we could do a whole episode. Just and I think we have. I actually think we have. <laughs> yes, so we'll link it in the show notes. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes. But, um, the, but definitely, yes. Yeah. So um, can you legally barter out somebody's services? No. If somebody is coming to work for you, they are coming to work for you. It's the same as, you know, even if somebody's going to do services for you and they want to barter them, right? You can barter them, but you still have to give them a 1099. Well, in this case, if they're working for you, you still need to pay them and they need to pay you. Yeah. Um, it, 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 this is not, that's not really negotiable. Um, if it is a matter of discount, then that's where that SOP that needs to be in your employee handbook. You need to be clear with your accountant. You need to know really on your budget, how much of that can you truly absorb, you know, um, before you're 80% full and after you're 80% full. So you should be at 80% full. You should be able to pay all of your bills plus have some profit. And so you want to make sure that at 80%, you're clear how many of those 50% off or whatever your discount is for your staff. How many of those kids can you have in that number? Um, So is there any kind of bartering that we can do with our employees? We've got the answer on tuition. Is there any kind of bartering we can do with our staff? So from a bartering standpoint, no. Can you hire them to do some additional work? Yes. Outside of their regular hours in a separate paycheck or if their husband or if they run a separate business. So if they've got a cleaning business on the side and they do your place twice a week and they do other businesses. So in other words, it's obvious that they are running it as a business. You can hire them to clean your place too. Um, That is totally legit. Same with lawn service or HVAC systems or those other regularly regular maintenance services. Um, But I can't, I personally can't come up with a reason why you would ever barter with a staff person. Um, hiring staff and or their spouses, family members. Um, If you think they've got good ethical, they're good employees, in other words, you like their work ethic and you think they produce a quality product and you would hire them anyway, then absolutely, I don't see why not. Okay, so if we're not gonna barter with our staff, we're only gonna barter with clients. And if we barter with clients, there will be receipts, there will be tax forms, So we're going to need their social security number or their business EIN so that we can give them their tax receipts. Um, We're going to have a standard operating procedure and it's going to be a case by case. And Kate says you make work (laughs) if they're a family who brings value to your school. And I say you only do it if you actually need the service. So you can go either way with that. You're going to get somebody on your side. Um, I can see some value <laughs> okay. in what, but what what do you say? What would you say if they're a family that you don't want to keep? Would you try to make it work? Oh, no. If, if they're a family <laughs> that I've been waiting to age out of my program, I would just be like, bye-bye, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> um. But hopefully we've done a good job of attracting parallel parents and this, you know, we're not talking about perpendicular parents. If they're a perpendicular parent, I agree with Kate a hundred percent, let them go fly be free. (laughs) Um, So um, is there anything else we need to address on bartering? 
I don't think so. I do think that one thing that you might want to know, just to, for those who are want to know if it's legal, there are actually networking organizations that do actually help with um, keeping track of that financial component of the barter network. So um, BNI is one of them. I think there's a couple others still that are around. And you join these bartering networks and you pay through the bartering networks and you could have people and clients through the bartering networks that you can do your printing, you can have food catered for employee events. Um, and it could be that you get a 1099 for $5,000 and they get a 1099 for $5,000. It's a wash. It's $5,000 it both ways. Yes, but it's for, but maybe what you need is not what they, so in other words, maybe somebody needs $5,000 in childcare, but you don't need what they have, but they need it from somebody else. So that's what this middle, the, the, the middle, middle organization does. So you need 5,000 in printing. An HVAC guy needs 5,000 in childcare. So you provide the childcare, the HVAC guy gets it, but you get your printing from a printing person. And it all goes through this um, third party program that basically keeps track of all of the, the finances. Okay. Um, do you remember what BNI stands for? I think it's like Barter Network International. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll find out and we'll put that in the, in the program notes as well. Okay. So <laughs> thank you guys for spending time with us. Um, we want to let you know that we've got a lot of classes coming up. So go to texasdirector.org slash get started, find the class that works for you, whether it's director credentialing or your CDA class or continuing education. Um, we've got it all for you at texasdirector.org slash get started. Um, and if you like today's show, share it on your social media and, uh, tag us in it and, uh, Maybe, maybe we'll have some free things for people who do this. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't sure about the sure, the free things, go listen to a couple of episodes back. Otherwise, I could just, I could tell you, write a review, get your swag. We want to share our shirts. If you've not ever heard the t-shirt episode, you need to go listen to it. But we have free t-shirts. We want you to get your free t-shirt. Just write us a review. Send us a copy of the review. DM us, post it. I don't care how you send it to us, email it. Kate at Texas Director, Carrie at TexasDirector.org. And um, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Child Care Conversations with Kate and Carrie. Want to learn more? Check out our website at TexasDirector.org. And if you've learned anything today, leave us a comment below and share the show.